The Author Hangout, episode number 118. You have to make the mental leap from this is a hobby or this is you know a little side gig to this is a career. And it may be a second mm -hmm. career, but you have to treat it like a job because when you start to treat it like a job, other people around you also start to treat it like a job. Welcome to the Author Hangout, where we interview best-selling authors and experts in the book publishing industry to reveal the tips and advice you need to succeed as an author in today's publishing landscape. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Sean Manaher. Welcome to another episode of the Author Hangout, where authors like you learn how to sell more books through the lessons, experiences, and wisdom from their fellow authors. He's a time travel adventure novelist with three highly popular titles to his credit, including In Times Like These, The Chronothon, and The Day After Never. When he's not masterfully crafting his next epic adventure, he's happily building on a 20-year career in the aviation industry, co-moderating an active time travel group at Goodreads, or teaching classes for Keep St. Pete Lit on topics such as writing, publishing, and marketing. He's also a regular contributor to his blog, Roadside Assistance for Writers, as well as his blog at chronothon.com. Here to share insights from his own interesting adventures into authorship is Nathan Van Koops. Nathan, thanks for joining me on the Author Hangout. Thanks, Sean. I really appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. And Nathan, as we get things rolling, why don't you go back, tell us the story of how you became an author. Go back what was going on, who was in your life, and uh, how did you become an author? Sure, um, happy to. I started writing uh, the novel that, I, that ended up becoming my series around 2008, and it was a time when I was um, you know, working full-time as, as in aviation, as I, as I still am in aviation, but at the time I was directing an aircraft maintenance shop and, for a flight school. I've worked for flight schools for a lot of years. Uh, teaching and, and so writing for me was a side hobby at the time and I was mm. cramming it into you know little lunch breaks sort of 15 minute breaks anywhere I could I would find spots to crack open my laptop and type out a few paragraphs then close it and go back to work so that was um, my struggle for a lot of years it was an idea that stuck in my head that I really wanted mm. to get out and at the time um, I hadn't didn't have the knowledge of a lot of things I know now, like you know, as far as like NaNoWriMo, which is starting now, it's uh, November 1st as we're recording this. So there's uh, and some of the motivators and accountability groups and things like that that I use now, I didn't have then. So it was a slow process. It took me till about uh, 2012 when I finally joined up a, a writer's group with a couple of other friends and we really started hammering out our novels together and finally published, uh, self-published in times like these at the end of 2013. And since then, published two additional novels and, and working on a couple more. Um, since then, my job has changed a little bit. I'm still you know, working in aviation full-time, full but I um, have more of an entrepreneur job where I'm um, self-employed there as well, which is nice. <laughs> so I'm able to be, have a little bit more flexibility on my schedule, which is very helpful as, as, as a writer, of course. Um, but it's been a constant balance of work and work. And it's not really a work-life balance. It's mm -hmm. a work and work balance and trying to, you know, be an author on top of and treat that as a business, which is what it's become, of course, and um, while still maintaining another career that I also enjoy. So it's been interesting because some people, a lot of writers have this dream of quitting the, j the day job, the nine to five, mm -hmm. 
and they just can't wait to get away from it. Whereas I'm in a slightly different situation where I really like my job, I enjoy it, and I plan to keep doing that. Um, but I still want to devote a lot of time to this publishing business and make a successful business despite the fact that I'm juggling two careers. So, <laughs> Is there a point in which you're, you're definitely going to transition as a full-time author, or do you envision life being, you know, I'm, I'm doing both? For the foreseeable future, I, I would like to keep doing both because um, you know, aviation as a job is you know, as great as a career, but it's also fun. I really like to fly. I really um, like the lifestyle. Of, I've, I've worked at a beautiful little airport close to my house. It's, it's, it's a good situation to take my dog to work and you know, work on planes. So um, it's something that I do because it's a passion, and now I just happen to have two passions. So I would like to get a bigger balance of, of more writing time, and fortunately mm-hmm. that's something I've been able to do and slowly incorporate more and more uh, writing and, and someday I could foresee, you know, being a full-time writer, traveling around, that sort of thing. Um, but one of my goals is actually more to get my wife out of the job she's in. And mm. if we could earn enough money with the publishing business, then to let her get a different job that's more of a passion for her. Because she does have more of a 9-to-5, uh, more of a grind, you know. Gotcha. So not quite as, uh, as uh, content in those, you know. As far as it's not as a pat, not a passion, and I think it's important yeah. when you find your passion to really take care of those and and maintain them. You're comfortable where you're at, moving your wife, mm-hmm. uh, but you had said something in there that I think is what a lot of authors don't necessarily consider. You said that you're treating what you're doing like a business. Mm-hmm. How are you treating your career as an author as as a business? Well, I think that's an important step. I think it's it's part of taking yourself seriously as a writer. It's for a lot of us, you have to make the mental leap from this is a hobby or this is, you know, a little side gig to this is a career. And it may be a second mm-hmm. career, but you have to treat it like a job because when you start to treat it like a job, other people around you also start to treat it like a job. They they will respect your time, your your writing time, your um, time spent reading or working on marketing, the things that you have to do that you might be doing it from your house, but it's work and it's a job. So you have to find a way to treat it that way. And the, and the more professional you are about your writing, then that translates to the rest of your life and people start to address it that way. Like when they talk to you, they don't just say, oh, how's that you know, writing going? And you can actually come back and say, yes, you know, it's, it's doing incredibly well. This is my business. And you can give, once you have real results, of course, mm-hmm. um, that reflects in, in what you can communicate. And that it just helps drive your business more, the more professional you can be. And you had mentioned that you need to make the mental leap. Mm-hmm. What was it in your life? Do you, is would it, Was it a particular moment in time that you mentally made that switch? And if so, like, what did that look like? I think everyone has their own goals, and you have to define what's going to be success for you, and that's, that definition of success is going to change stage by stage. As you step up as an author, you go from, okay, I want to complete a novel, to I want to sell some copies of this novel, to I want to have you know, X number of reviews or this number of sales. Like You have your particular little goals, and as you progress through those goals um, and you, you achieve some success, that's when I think it's easier to look at the long-term goals and realize that they are possible. That it's just a matter of 
more work, more time, more effort, and you will get there. So once you're able to make that leap from, you know, I, that there's luck involved or that, you know, some lightning strike has to happen and you take the, you take your destiny out of someone else's hands or fate's hands mm. and you put it firmly in your own, I think that's, mm-hmm what you have to do to be successful in this business. And once you do that, then you can, you can own it and, and claim it like it's your job because it is. Talking about your job, your career, mm-hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about the day after never mm-hmm. and what your writing is going on today. So um, I'm very happy to just finish the audio book for the day after never. So that's going to be published. And I've got a, now a completed trilogy in both uh, paperback, you know, ebook and in audio. So I'll have a nice uh, trilogy wrapped up and as well as a box set. So I feel good about being able to, to put that all out there as a, as a complete package and then start a new uh, series. I've actually started two new series. Um, huh? One I started working on this past year and then another one I'm just starting now just for uh, NaNoWriMo just because I had a idea for once for a shorter book. I write, I tend to write really long books that take about a year to write or more, um, you know, 200,000 word novels. So the fact that I came up with an idea for something short um, really excited me. So I'm hoping to write a, a short yeah. novel as well. But um, I would like to keep writing in science fiction and uh, publish multiple series and then eventually come back and, and write some more books in the In Times Like These series because it, the door is not closed on that, even though it's um, wrapped up in a trilogy and a lot of the loose, loose ends are tied up. I can still, I left the door open for more adventures. And I think uh, once you have a series as a writer, it, the smart move is to write more in that series, especially mm-hmm. if people are flowing through it. The, the good move financially for me would be to write a fourth book in that series right now, as opposed to branching out and writing something else. But I'm, I needed a break from it mentally and um, just wanted to try my hand at some new things and had some other ideas kicking around my head. So you've got to be true to yourself as an artist too, as well, and, and really take care of your creative side as well as your business side. So is your audience clamoring or saying anything about the fact that there's no fourth book even though that you know they you maybe you've communicated to them mm-hmm. like how how did that go yeah i do get those messages and the reviews i you know, see a lot of reviews on the day after never and say oh i hope there's a fourth i don't want this to be the end please don't let this be the end and i can feel okay about that because it i don't think it is necessarily the end it's just going to be a little while i think it'll i need the mental break and i need to be able to, to tackle some more things and i think that the other stuff i'm writing is going to translate. It's still science fiction. It's still some adventure stuff to it. So I think that the that my readers, I'm not going to completely alienate them by writing um, <laughs> yeah. brand new stuff. I think that they'll they'll make the leap with me. At least, at least a lot gotcha. of them will. It is key to communicate, though. I, I think that's the importance of the mailing list and being regularly active with your readers and your subscribers, so that you can let them know that. By the way, I'm putting out this book, but this is not just the only thing I'm writing now. This is not the new the new me, this is, I'm also still going to give you the, the books you love. And that the more you are communicative with your subscribers, the better they'll make those transitions with you, I think. Uh, are you, when you say regular active, are you doing something weekly or is it uh, monthly? Monthly is more my style. I try to put out something at least once a month. I don't want to you know, spam people too much. They get a few gotcha. emails from me right away as an autoresponder when they first sign up. Um, and those are you know pretty active right away, but then once they're on the list, I, I tend to just stick to once a month. At the Author Hangout, we like to focus on 
around launches, book launches, mm-hmm. and trying to find the best launch mm-hmm. uh, for for each author. And so, mm-hmm. can you walk us through what a recent launch, maybe the most recent launch that you did, looked like? What, sure. what are some of the like maybe three to three things that you did that you mm-hmm. found effective? Of course, my most recent launch was for the day after never, so it was the the end of the trilogy. So I was definitely targeting people who had already read my series. I wasn't targeting necessarily new people. Um, some things that I did, one is, and I, I recommend this in all fronts of the publishing, is to communicate with other authors and make sure that you um, are using them as assets and as, you know, and vice versa, we, they are using you as assets. We did a um, multi-author event on Facebook for the, for the launch, so I had um, a dozen or so other authors show up throughout the day to giveaways of their books on my Facebook page uh, for the launch. And then I also did a bunch of giveaways of my books. I did giveaways of a Kindle. I did, um, you know, Amazon gift card giveaways, things like that, just to drive traffic to this Facebook page so that there would be a constant stream of activity uh, throughout the day. I, I timed it so that some UK readers, I have a pretty good UK following, so I had the UK readers showing up with UK authors as well. Um, and then throughout the evening and into the night, um, I, I did try out some Facebook Live as well with Facebook, which I think worked really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good opportunity for you to do Q&A with your readers, spend a little time with them, let them ask you questions directly, and um, see what you really like. And people seem to get a kick out of that. Uh, what are some of the questions that they ask? Uh, a lot about you know what's next, what else, what other book is coming, what are some ideas, or they'll every once in a while they'll ask specific things about the series, um, character questions, that sort of thing. Um, but mostly it's it's just about the books in general, you know what's what's coming next, what's new and and I did some uh, a lot of trivia, that sort of thing. So it was fun. Um, one of the other things, of course, was I do not typically do pre-orders unless I know that they're gonna, it's going to work well. And, and I was fortunate enough this last time to get a book bub on book two of my series about two weeks prior to launching my book three. So um, I did do pre-order prior to the launch, which um, did a really good job of getting the book up on the charts day one. So it was already up there on the you know, page one of the time travel chart mm-hmm. before I officially launched it, which was great. And then was able to use my subscriber list and, and um, other outreach that I did on launch day to push it up a little higher and uh, give it a, the best possible start. And what did that look like in terms of ranking? Uh, did, did you follow that? I did a little bit. And what I did was I did a small run up to the book bub um, just to get it you know, kind of primed with a couple of other advertisers, and then um, just to get it into the the st- you know the overall f- free story. I did I, first off. I did I did run a free promotion of book book one is a perma free, which is okay. which runs into my you know sales funnel, um, and it's just a constant little motor that's that's always feeding people into the series. So mm-hmm. it's um, that is free and it's wide distribution. Um, the other ones were and still are actually now. Um, exclusive to Amazon, but they, I was able to run a free promotion of the Chronathon and just front load the funnel so that on, when they did that book bub, for example, people could get book one and book two free at the same time. So that was a great deal for them. And then I was launching the third book at 99 cents. So it was also a deal. So they could buy basically the whole series for 99 cents at that point. Not everyone did. A lot of people just went for the freebies or just went for the book bub, um, but that worked out perfectly because those people were now in the funnel and then were filtering through and then later on buying the book at full price. 
So, um, and what was the full price? Four ninety nine. My, my books so. typically go for four ninety nine when they're when they're not free. So um, it worked out really well as a strategy. Just having front loaded promotions on books one and two of the series lead into pre order of book three that's about to be launched, then launch it, then had a pretty good tail for that next couple months um, of sales. And unfortunately, I didn't have the, the audiobook out um, at the same time, which is something I think I would do in the future. I'm going to try to get my audiobooks out a little faster and get them mm-hmm. in timed with the launches better. The other thing, um, this is just a side item, but I finally sure. did a audiobook for book one. I had started with book two, actually. Um, the initial logic being that I wasn't sure how well an audiobook would sell for book one when it was a perma-free. Mm-hmm. But uh, I realized later on that was a mistake. You should definitely do audiobooks for your perma-free titles because they're going to be offered a lot more because um, people are downloading your free book so many more times than they are your paid books that they're being mm-hmm. offered the add-on audiobook far more as times. As an upsell. As an upsell, exactly. And gotcha. I failed to think through that all at the, when, when I first did the audiobooks, but it, it, now I do have the whole series out and I'm starting to see the results of having an audiobook available for a perma-free book. And that's pretty awesome because it's not only a revenue generator, it's also a marketing, Mm -hmm. uh, another platform that you can be on. So why don't we dive into that a Mm -hmm. little bit about the process that you worked through to get that book two uh, in audio and then Mm -hmm. back to book one. Okay. Um, Well, I used ACX um, as the, you know, avenue to get get Mm -hmm. on Audible. Um, I had first heard about it through through another author friend by communicating with them and asked them about how they did their audiobooks, and he turned me on to uh, the book by Simon Whistler, which was uh, audiobooks for indies. Which mm-hmm. um, Simon is a you know podcaster and has narrated himself quite a few books. He he narrated Write, Publish, Repeat, and some of the other um, great indie titles out there for for, for uh, indie authors. But he d- d- did an excellent book on how to get your book. Uh, published through ACX, so I read that. It was a quick read. I think within a week I had a narrator. So you go on there, and it's for those who aren't familiar with it, ACX is sort of like you know Craigslist for authors. So you go and just post an ad up that says that you have this particular book, and it's this long, and these are the types of voices I'm looking for, and people will audition. Or you can go out and actually search narrators find some that you like, and then ask them to audition for your book. So you'll put up a little script, 10-minute script of you know different character voices, things like that, that you want to have uh, people read for you so you can hear their style. And mm-hmm. they will submit a audition to you, and you can select the one that you think is going to be the best fit and the best price range for your particular project. How many samples did you end up getting? You know, I, I ended up choosing one fairly quickly because um, I probably only had 10 or so. They, they come in, I, you know, you give it a couple of days and all of a sudden they just start rolling in. And um, I was very happy with my narrator, Neil Helligers. He um, was a you know, professional actor and he actually came down from a price bracket above the one I really could afford. And uh, just because he liked the book, he was a big time travel fan and enjoyed the series and also just liked what I was doing with it. 
marketing-wise. So the better you can present yourself as an author, if you're starting out, you want to maybe, if it's your first book, you want to do the, do the Kindle version, maybe get some good reviews. Um, they say it helps if you have maybe you know 50, 50 reviews on there or something like that, at least to, to get the narrator interested and know that you're doing a few things right, you know, that you're going to market mm-hmm. this title. It's going to help them and help you. Um, there are a couple options. You can do royalty share where you actually, you don't pay anything up front, but you split the profits um, mm-hmm. or you can pay up front and then um, just, you know, foot the bill yourself and then, then they will, you know, not have any rights to it at that point, but you can, uh, you keep all the profits yourself that way, but you pay all the costs. So there's a couple different ways you can go and you can weigh those, based on your particular project and length and cost and, and see what's going to work best for you. But I definitely recommend the process. It was, it was very easy. The, obviously, the book that I read helped. But Simon's book was a, was a great short read that really walked you through um, ba- you know, all the basics step-by-step. Step. And then it was Excellent. ACX you know, is um, part of Amazon's arm of Audible and the whole. They also do distribute to uh, the iBook store. And um, I'm blanking on where else it goes, but okay. Audible, Amazon, and iTunes, I think, are the options. And yeah. so from start to finish of where you read the book, because I want to get uh, folks an idea of how long it took you to learn what you're wanting to do, apply what you're doing, and then getting it done, what was the total time frame on that? For the audiobook? Yeah. Um, Pretty quick. I think, like I said, I think I had a narrator within a week of having started reading that book because the the process is pretty painless. Then it just depends on, it's going to vary based on length of your book, how long it takes for your narrator to read it. You pay per finished hour of audio. They're going to submit um, your first 15 minutes first, and you're going to approve that, and then they're going to go off and record the rest, and it might be a week, might be a couple weeks. You can set a due date yourself as to how fast you want to get this done and agree with your narrator as part of your contract as to when they will submit the completed files to you. And then uh, once you've agreed on that, then you turn around and, and actually get it published on ACX. That can take a couple weeks. I would say you know, 10 days, 14 days, somewhere in there uh, before actually, once you're all completed and, and the narrator's completed and editing has been done, um, to get it actually out, it's going to be a couple more weeks after that. So you definitely need to plan some time. And, and the longer your book, of course, the, you have to go back through and listen to it all as well yeah. and make sure there's not errors. And, and it, it is time-consuming. And so definitely allow yourself some time to block out, you know, you know, an area where you can listen to this and correct for errors and, and make sure it's, it's the best product it can be before it goes out the door. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that about uh, audiobooks and how you walk through the entire process. That's fantastic. Sure. So as we wrap things up, uh, there's one question we love to ask everybody, and it's mm-hmm. this. It's what three things would you tell yourself to do if you were starting all over again as an author? I would say take one thing at a time. There's, um, that's that's one, of the, one of the items. When you're starting out, it's overwhelming, especially when you see all these other authors you're trying to compare yourself to. It's best to pick someone who's similar to you and emulate the, the people that are doing things well, but don't try to do everything they're doing well. Try to pick one thing at a time and say, this week I'm going to work on my website, or this week I'm going to work on um, getting new cover design because I realized mine needs some work. Something, Take it in little pieces because 
it will get done. And you know, as a new writer, you've got to really play the long game. You're not going to be a lightning strike story, most likely. That some people are, but but the long road gets you there just as fast. So you've got to take things one piece at a time. And then uh, I would say also communicate with other authors because pretty much everything I know, I've learned from someone else knowing it first. So definitely, even if you're an introverted person, try to get out there and communicate with other authors because the indie space is such a, a blossoming uh, world right now and so much talent and so many great people who, are, who have all been where you are, no matter what stage you're in. Um, you just want to find someone who's just a little farther along the road than you and then ask how they got there. And just like I said before, one step at a time, just do the next thing that they're doing that you're not and then see where that gets you. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for that. And thank you for being part of this episode of The Author Hangout. Why don't you share with people how they can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. My name is uh, Nathan Van Koops. It's two words, V-A-N-C-O-O-P-S. And I'm Nathan Van Koops on Twitter, Nathan Van Koops on Facebook, and NathanVanKoops.com. So uh, it's the best places to reach me. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Nathan, and all your lessons, insights, all about the audiobook will you found at the Author Hangout on your show notes page. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Imagine if you could attract attention, generate interest, and persuade readers to take a chance on your book almost effortlessly. Well, you can with reviews, but it's not always easy to find legitimate reviewers. That's where Reading Deals reviews can help. We'll put your book in front of eager readers who'll review your work honestly and provide the social proof you need to influence potential buyers. Our packages include genuine Amazon.com reviews, social media promotion, valuable feedback, and more. You have the book. We have the readers. Head over to readingdeals.com slash reviews, and let's get more reviews for your book today. Thanks for listening to The Author Hangout. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher to get the new episodes delivered directly to your device. Watch the video from this episode and get the transcript at theauthorhangout.com. The Author Hangout is brought to you by bookmarketingtools.com.